0: Hello out there, Brigadiers, and welcome to the Noise Brigade. I am Bobby. He is Tom, and we are the Noise Brigade. Tom, how are you the hell you doing tonight?
1: Oh, doing just fine. Doing just fine. We uh, we thought we uh, tried to pull back the reins on doing these wrestling episodes, but uh, yeah, it's been yeah. an interesting every, week, hasn't it?
0: <laughs> every time we we're like confident and and okay that you know what we've we've hit. We, we've hit our wrestling peak, you know, obviously the one episode where we had like one listener because, you know, we were talking about wrestling. We kind of got the, got the hint, guys, we're, we're going to lay off, you know, the, the uh, recaps. But when stuff like this happens, when, when stuff like this past, I mean, honestly, the past two to three weeks, but really this past weekend uh, with AEW All Out, when this kind of news hits we absolutely have to cover it um, if for no other reason than than so you and so we have people to talk to about it because you know we can sit here and talk to each other about it that's right um, that's right and it, it has been one hell of a week one hell of a couple weeks for for wrestling fans especially fans of my new favorite um, wrestling promotion and I've been I've been you know, drawing the telling the company line here for a little bit as far as aew is concerned ever since dynamite started i've been you know trying to preach the gospel a little bit i've been watching what i can um previously i didn't have cable so i was stuck with just watching on um you know youtube and seeing clips and replays and whatnot uh luckily you have been so kind as to give me access to live tnt so i've been able the last couple weeks to watch uh, some live tnt so i've been seeing some live aew besides elevation and dark Um, man man talk about making you know they've been around for for over or it's been 100 episodes now um what an impact they've made in just 100 I think it's 101 now with tonight's episode.
1: Yeah, um, I didn't watch. Um, we won't have to talk about why, but <laughs> um, I haven't seen it yet. I'll, I'll go back and uh, check it out. But the, uh, um, I think the fact that you had this nice over the last, you know, couple of years, this nice slow build, basically, um, you know, and when we can, we're going to talk about this in some of these promos that were given. Um, during, uh, during or after all out the, the fact that you had, you know, these independent guys that had no home really, other than just, you know, bouncing around independence and they were immediately given this home of AEW and then they start bringing these people in and right off the bat, you know, Chris Jericho and, you know, obviously Cody Rhodes and all these guys. And it just started building slowly. And then you get John Moxley. And then you get to some of these other Maybe not superstar, but mid card talents in the WWE in this building, building, building. And uh, what, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, CM Punk? Yeah. And, and uh, yeah.
0: Talk about, you know, talk about a buildup of, of anticipation and, and of expectation. Um, you know, ever since AEW came about, he's been linked to them one way wow. or another, whether whether there was any kind of smoke to the flames or not, he or flames to the smoke, rather. People were just, oh, AEW uh, signing CM Punk confirmed. Anytime his name came up and, and there was any kind of wrestling involved, people were automatically saying, oh, he's going to sign with AEW. And I mean, I don't want to say it seemed inevitable, um, but there there were definitely times when it looked like Oh wait, maybe he's not like there was a a time, I think it was last summer, where he had come out and there were they were doing something in Chicago and and Cody Rhodes had mentioned him or or something like I guess somebody asked Cody a question about CM Punk and whether or not he was joining all elite wrestling. And he kind of hemmed and hauled a little bit and and then punk came out and said, Well, no. Nobody's offered me anything. Nobody said anything to me. Cody Rhodes is lying, blah, blah, blah. And it really looked like it was it was far apart at that point. And then that's also right around the time when he got hired by Fox Sportsnet to be on their SmackDown coverage. Right. Talking Smack. And so that was interesting in and of the fact that this is CM Punk working – talking about a wwe product but not actually hired by wwe is this fox trying to step in and mediate and kind of mend some fences um and it looked like maybe that was the way it was going to go for a little bit but then obviously you know that did not happen um what did you think about that when when he started showing up on talking smack
1: i knew you know kind of right off the bat that i I knew that he wasn't going to return i don't know why i thought that necessarily immediately i i kind of you know was thinking that maybe he had maybe just decided to transition out of the ring completely Uh, you know because look the guy was pretty well decorated on the independence had a nice run initially wwe had a failed run in mma i I can't uh, there's no way to paint that nicer he did it was a failed run in mma and i thought at that point you know, he's just done with in-ring combat, whether that's professional wrestling or that sort of thing. So I thought when he shows up there, okay, maybe he's transitioned, maybe he's just done, whatever. That's what I thought. That's where I thought he was going to stay, not necessarily just doing that. But I honestly thought that that was more of a kind of getting your foot door commentating. And that's where he would be kind of behind the scenes or be, at least behind the mic. That's where I thought that was going to lead.
0: Yeah, I mean, and that's and that would have made a lot of sense. Um, I feel like he would have, even if if he would have somehow just stayed behind the scenes and become a commentator, and then ended up back in WWE. I feel like there would have been at least one one or two matches he would have gotten involved in. Um, but I, it, it was just really hard for me to think that there was any kind of full time, long term relationship that was going to be rebuilt between punk and wwe
1: yeah uh, no especially after the lawsuit stuff um because they had that the with uh, the doctor right right you know, that whole bit and you know that look you know he made it a point during his rampage debut there for aew you know that he basically felt that like he left wrestling when he left ring of honor and that he came back to it you know with aew so it, it to me it sounds like that he he was one you know watching his interview that he kind of almost you know blanked out the wwe experience to me right anyway
0: so now let's transition from there to someone who didn't blank out their their wwe experience and we're gonna we're gonna kind of jump around because there's there's a ton of people to talk about a ton of things to talk about here um but Someone else who debuted at All Out for for AEW is one Mister Brian Danielson, the American Dragon, formerly known as Daniel Bryan.
1: Yeah, and we we knew this. I mean, this was this was obvious. Um, his contract had run run out um, with the WWE. I, I think the the thing that was kind of still thinking that he may do something was more or less that you know he had done the stuff on the e-network um with the the total whatever shows they were yeah the total total divas and it's obviously it's like that's not him but at the same point too oh boy that's got to cut a nice paycheck Mm -hmm. oh yeah (laughs) you know so i thought well there's a chance he comes and and as but as time went on it's like well he's obviously going
0: yeah, I mean, and, and it was kind of cemented when, you know, during Punk's uh, promo, you know, he people were chanting yes, and he said, oh, you're going to have to hold on a, for a couple more weeks or something like that because that's somebody else's shtick. Right. And so he basically confirmed it right then and there. Um, and, you know, there had been rumblings, and and so it wasn't a huge surprise, but God, was it cool. It was so yeah. cool. The only thing that would have been cooler is if, if they could have gotten the rights to the final countdown by Europe, because that's what he used in Ring of Honor. Um, But apparently that was too expensive even for Tony Khan.
1: Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that is odd, but I do like the fact that how they, uh, the the flight of the Valkyrie, and and then they kind of went into the new tune. I I do dig that. Yeah. Um, So that was, that was cool. So that was a nice transition. Yes. Uh, um, The, uh, the thing I liked about, you know, his uh, promo, uh, on why he obviously, when it went AW, um, you know, the, the, the couple things, you know, he gave it straight up and it's like, this is why, like that experience, that passion, that fan base, the, you know, the fact that, you know, Tony Khan and in the office, the management and the other wrestlers and whoever else, they just care there. That's the reason why they all want to be there, you know, and he made that a point. You know, right saying that and the one thing i was happy with though um completely the opposite of punk um was that he was gracious for his experience in wwe um he gave you know gave not to say that he you know went over the top and was you know gave them props left and right during his you know obviously his debut promo if you will but um you know good on him you know don't right. burn those don't burn those bridges
0: well it's a know? little different for him too because you know Whereas CM Punk was was served his severance papers on his wedding day, um, you know right. Brian or Brian Danielson rather, uh, and I'm I'm going to screw that up. We talked about that last night when we were just chatting, but we're we're going to keep screwing that up. Um, but Brian Danielson, his wife still works for WWE, and he still has a good working relationship with Vince, and he even vent- mentioned Vince by name and and said that he's you know he's very that Vince is very protective of him and is worried about him doing a lot of the stuff that he plans on doing in AEW. So, um you know it, it is definitely a completely different mindset that he's coming into AEW with towards WWE than than obviously somebody like Punk is.
1: Right. And that and that may, like you said it makes perfect sense. I I think the uh the thing uh with him is I still don't see him Uh, wrestling a full schedule um and and the good thing is AEW is still kind of a less than schedule wise than WWE. um at least obviously when the wwe was in its prime with running all these house shows and you know pre-covid days obviously um you know where they were eight nights a week type deal (laughs) um right right you know he uh he won't have that. So I, I have a strong feeling that he won't be as broken down. Um, I think he still does all the big, all the big pay-per-views. I, I think he does quite a bit of work um, on dynamite um, and, you know, maybe show up on the occasional rampage or something, but I, I think he'll be protected just in the sense of the workload still won't be as heavy as it might've been in a real true full WWE, you know, role. right.
0: And, and that's what's cool, too, with AEW is if you look, yeah, they have Dark, they have Elevation, they have Rampage, and they have Dynamite. Dynamite's two hours, right? So that's your SmackDown. And then they have three other shows that make up the other three hours of programming. So whereas WWE has a three-hour Raw, so you got to cram all that work in the, in the one night. And then you've got house shows every other night of the week plus SmackDown in AEW, four nights of the week you can already account for. And they don't run house shows like like WWE does. So you know you're wrestling. If you're not wrestling, you're not going to be – Daniel Bryan's not going to be wrestling on Dark. I can't, I can't imagine. Maybe he will. Maybe he'll make an appearance here or there. But Dark and Elevation are more about the young talent and people who, you know, given people from the indies a shot. Um, so I, I can't really see him doing too much on Dark and Elevation. So that's right. two days of the week you can count out. And then with Rampage being an hour, I can't see him being on every single episode of Rampage. So what's that leave? That leaves two hours that he's going to be on TV. And then whenever they have pay-per-views, which are yep. not on the monthly pay-per-view schedule, like, wwe so it, it is going to be a much less rigorous schedule and i think that it that will end up adding longevity longevity to his career and yeah I think yeah great
1: yep and uh and i'm not you know who's to say you know rampage may turn into a two-hour show and they may move dynamite around we'll, we'll, we'll kind of you know him and hall and talk about that later but you know it, that to me like right off the bat just obviously just you know using basic logic i mean he's going to be you know less of a less of a stress on him, but who's to say, you know, um, you know, it it only takes one move, you know, he, he experienced that, you know, people like edge experienced that where, yeah, you had things broken down over time. Um, But man, one wrong move, that can, you know, derail you. So, but I think he'll be, I think he'll be protected more based off schedule. So um, the uh, one thing I really did like to during his, his uh, promo um, was the, I just love obviously knowing come from him, um you know i love the props toward the indie guys you know that was obvious that it was going to come from him because right. that's who he that's who he is um and the the crowd reaction in general just was awesome uh the, you know you don't see crowd reactions like that very often so that was cool and they just an awesome just a strong promo you know yeah. i mean he uh he always really has been um i think he's gotten better with time um but you know, this was this was a good, a good really first introduction into, into AEW for him.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things that I liked, and I and I pointed this out to you when uh, when I was giving you the, you know, the my notes and and passing along some videos to you, even when I talked to you last night about it, was how passionate he is about wrestling in and of itself. And one of the one of the I don't have to tame it down a little bit here for our PG listeners. Um, He's in a media scrum with Tony Khan, like all the wrestlers do when they come to AEW and they make their debuts and stuff. Um, And he made the comment, if you show excellent professional wrestling to anyone, they'll enjoy it because excellent professional wrestling is blanking awesome. And that's just that in a nutshell, shows the kind of person he is and how invested and how how in love he is with what he does. And I love that that is what he's bringing to this company and to these young guys and, and young ladies who are working there. And that that's what they're going to be seeing from one of the top guys in the industry is that even after all these years, he still has that love for the industry. He still has that love for the business and that he's there to, to, like he said, he's there to share, but he's also there to kick their heads in. Yeah, and I'm paraphrasing yeah. because, again, I'm trying to keep it PG.
1: Yeah, keep yeah, yeah. Keep <laughs> it um, so let's, let's rewind a little bit, though. Before he comes out, we had a really nice swerve um, in the beginning, uh, right after the uh, Kenny Omega and Christian Cage match, uh, which was for the uh, AEW world title. And, you know, kind of watching through that. And, it, and it's really obvious that the crowd is thinking Brian Daniels in there because that's what everyone's expecting. Yeah. Um, but then guess who comes out? Adam Cole, baby. So, yeah, loved it. Um, loved it. I actually loved the shirt, man. That was awesome. Yes. Uh, I just thought that was perfect for him. And it, but the whole thing, knowing the Bullet Club elite, Bullet Club, the elite history, whatever. I mean, come on. Like, yeah, like he was actually not going to side with them. <laughs> well, well the, the
0: very subtle thing, and I don't know if you noticed this, and I didn't notice it when I first watched it, but I watched it again after I, I had read an article. And they said when he came out, he telegraphed everything right away. And it was one little thing. And I want to see if you if you noticed this when you watched it. Did you notice he was wearing Jordans?
1: I did. I did see that. Yeah, I did see that. But I I, I I'll be honest. I don't know the connection. So what, what was the connection there?
0: So the whole the connection is that all through being the elite. So you know the mm-hmm. the, the web series that um, Omega and the Bucks do. They're always 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 looking for buying and wearing Jordans. Right, so that's like their trademark is that everybody in the elite is always wearing
1: Jordans. Yeah, that and that makes perfect sense. And I I knew it just based off of looking at, um, you know, uh, faction connections back, you know, that have gone on for years now. Um, And it's uh, so that that was kind of a, you know, an easy play, but it makes a lot. It made a lot of sense because it made the Daniel. Excuse me. Here I go. Made the Brian Danielson debut that much better.
0: Yes, know, um,
1: because it's like if this were the WWE, they would have cut the show right there. They wouldn't have had Brian's debut there. Right. That's just how they are. Right. That setup shuts a perfect hot entrance. You had a great swerve. You know everyone's expecting the uh, uh, Brian Danielson there and then adam cole comes out which everyone is you know obviously psyched for i mean that it was pretty i think that's the other thing too it was pretty obvious that he was going to show up at some point um just you know obviously based you know with brit and all that but the the thing that was really cool was that it just gave that much more power to the brian debut to me that's how i felt about it
0: no i agree i agree i think they really hit it out of the park with this whole, this whole pay per view, and, and the debuts, and and even the stuff that they couldn't hide. Like I mean, we all pretty much knew that, um, and not to jump too far ahead, but in the, but in the women's, uh, in the women's casino battle royal, that Ruby Soho, the former Ruby Riot,
1: would be showing up. Yes. No. And. Actually, it was funny. Of all three debuts, hers was the first one that I watched. And just hearing Ruby Soho um, as her entrance was amazing because I can still remember the day when I got, you know, the An Outcome the Wolves album. Um, so it, 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 it's so cool to like really, you know, see these people that were underutilized, um, you know uh maybe not necessarily oh i'm trying to think of a a good way to to, a good way to frame phrase this um being you know basically shed in a new light and given that like real chance to really shine that's going to be her yes yes i oh dude i
0: totally agree and the thing is you can look back across what aew has done for the past we'll we'll say the last year okay and you look at we'll start with a guy like the former rusev miro and miro got off to a rough start in aew um no no ifs ands or buts about that but he has really found his his groove now and they're using him correctly and he's doing fantastic when you look at a guy like look at look Look back further. Look at the swerve when uh, Matt Hardy debuted, and everybody was saying, "Oh, Matt Hardy, he's he's going to be able to be the uh, the exalted one for the Dark Order." And they didn't use him as that. They brought him in as as kind of broken Matt, but it was a little weird, and and they used him. And that now he's in a different direction, and he's doing really well. But then they swerved us, and they brought in Brody Lee. Or I'm sorry, they brought in Luke Harper as Brodie Lee, as Mr. Brody Lee, as the exalted one. And this was a guy that had just been bounced around, moved around, not really used correctly by WWE. All of a sudden, he comes in there, and he is a legitimate, scary badass. And they used him the right way. God rest his soul. I wish he would have gotten to to kind of show everybody what he could truly do in the long run. I wish he would have gotten more time, you know, uh, for our selfish reasons of wanting to see him, obviously, you know, you want the guy to be able to, to, to continue with his family and to raise his young son and to be there for his wife and the rest of his family and everything. But from a purely selfish wrestling standpoint, the sky was the limit for that faction and for that character and to see what he could have done. So you've seen this track record of WWE completely misusing people, then AEW swooping in and taking them and moving them to the next level and elevating them to where they should be. So it's going to be amazing to see people like Ruby Riot, Ruby Soho coming in, and we've we had seen glimpses of what she could do. Now let's see how far she can go. Right, Daniel Bryan. We know what he is. He a he's an absolute legitimate superstar. In now a company of other legitimate superstars, let's see what he can do with a good creative team. Adam Cole, same deal. CM Punk, same deal. These guys are these guys and and Ruby Soho are legitimate stars. I yeah. can't wait to see what AEW does with them. And and again, like I said, where they go with competent, creative.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. And and the great thing about, you know, uh, Ruby Soho jumping over, and this is one thing, and I, I think this is something, you know, a lot of people say about AEW. Women's division, not quite there. Um, and I'm not, just not a knock. It's just, that's one area where the WWE still far excels in. And I, and I will say that, you know, and the fact that they, again, much like anyone else in that card, they, a roster, they misuse talent left and right. Um, but they're getting there and now having, you know, Ruby is a get. Oof. You know, that kind of really makes the gear spin. It's like, who's next, you know? Um, so this is really exciting. And kind of going back real quick, I, I wanted to address um, – the Adam Cole debut, and I, I, you know, you had sent me a link to, as um, after um, uh, after all out interview, and it was, it was really cool. the The one thing, I man, and, and I don't know, I'm gonna hear your thoughts on this. Right in the beginning of that, he talks about his contract being up, and he also talks about having to sign a small extension while he's in the middle of a feud. And the only reason why he signed it um, was because he was. Basically, you know, uh, really good friends with Kyle O'Reilly and wanted to to finish that out. What I can't figure out, though, is where, how in a billion-dollar company they get to that point where, yeah, we don't know when it ended.
0: Dude, and, I, this just speaks more to the complete and utter just S show that, at least in my eyes, WWE has become. And when you... You first of all, you know, let's let's take it back a little bit to to Malachi Black, to Alistair Black, another person that AEW or WWE criminally underused and criminally just screwed over. The guy's contract expired, or, or, or the guy was fired in the middle of the start of a feud against one of your big one of somebody who should be one of your biggest stars in Big E. And if I'm telling you right now, Biggie does not win the championship with that money in the bank briefcase. WWE complete just needs to fold, and I'm and I'm speaking in hyperbole, obviously. But if they don't put the belt on that man, they have no business running a wrestling. Co- I'm sorry, a sports entertainment company,
1: right? Because yep. he needs to be the champion,
0: and it needs yeah. to happen sooner rather than later.
1: Yeah, if they want to uh, keep uh, any kind of interest, I mean, he has to have it right
0: but you're you're talking about this company that Malachi Black never had his, his contract rewritten once he was raised up to the main the quote unquote main roster. How long was he on the main roster and they never switched over his contract? Yeah, yeah. and I mean props to Adam Cole Adam Cole did the right thing and he did the right thing by his friend and I got to give him props for that big time. Because he could have just said, you know, you know what? I'm out. Screw you guys. I saw what you did to Breeze. I saw what you've done to this person. I saw what you've done to this person. And because I don't know, did you see, have you seen any of the like, there's actually clips of him on when he's doing his Twitch stream and he gets the text message from Breeze saying that he was released.
1: I heard about this. I read about it. Um, I haven't actually seen it, but I've seen other, you know, wrestling websites and stuff, you know, because they'll. They'll write, you know, a page about two seconds of video.
0: Right. <laughs> and honestly, though, that's all it took was just seeing the look on his face and then how he just kind of becomes deflated. Because you see the t- you see his phone light up and you, you hear the buzz and he looks at his phone and he just hold on, guys. And he looks at his phone and just like the the, the confusion and hurt and anger that wash over his face. And then he just tries to shake it off and get and go back to it but like to see what they did to so many of his other friends to actually hang in there I mean even Bobby Fish yeah you yeah. know part of the diamond Mind who was a brand new stable in in NXT who looked like they were gonna be something oh no, no no, you're released yeah
1: and, and like, now the diamond mind is Roderick Strong and a whole bunch of I have no idea who they are
0: right. You know. So kudos to to Adam Cole for sticking it out to doing the right the quote unquote right thing um and hanging in there and and doing the job for his friend because right. that that was the you know the right thing to do and I applaud him for that and I'm glad he did that um but good god I'm so glad he's out of that trash heap of a company
1: Yeah yeah no I, you're not wrong and the uh, I will say the one thing that you know really kind of you know, made me, you know, kind of smile too, was just watching the interview, the after uh, All Out interview there and Tony Khan next to him. And um, for, especially in the beginning part of the interview, but for most of it, Tony, you can tell, you know, you know and this is something that you can see almost any time he's with any of the wrestlers or he's just speaking about his company or whatever. He always has that like infectious, everlasting smile. Um, it's always a mile wide. But then his fandom just resonates, you know, um, which you obviously don't get that with Vince, you know. Right. Um, Vince is all business and you don't ever get that. I'm not saying that he's not a fan, obviously. I'm just saying that, like, completely different.
0: Yeah, dude. And and that was some, you know, the the first time I ever really watched one of his his media scrums after a pay-per-view or anything was obviously after Punk um, on Rampage. And... Dude, you could see it like every, every interview he does, his fandom comes through and his joy and his love of wrestling comes through, but it just seemed, you know, just watching him in that, that interview with punk was just amazing. And it was cool because he knew some of the people who were like asking the questions and stuff. Like he he would recognize the name He's like, Hey, Oh. And then like at one point they, they were doing everything over zoom and, um, at one point, one of the the reporters was having technical difficulties and Punk was joking around and going like, oh, come on, man. You're supposed to be professional and, and you're having these. And Tony was like, oh, no, no, he's he's a really good guy. He, he he's really good at his job. Like and just he just seems like such a genuinely good dude and such a genuinely, you know, someone who's genuinely in love with the product. Again, just like Brian. Um, you see what what he is trying to pour into wrestling,
1: right? And you see
0: what he gets out of it is the joy. So, and of course, money.
1: With uh, Tony Khan, there's no chance they do a dark side of the ring on him.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I, dude, I hope not because I really, really want to believe that there's still good people in in the wrestling business and in the world. And I swear to God, if, if there's a dark side of the ring about Tony Khan and it turns out he's like freaking human, human trafficking or something, like, <laughs> I'm going to just I'm going to lose my mind. <sighs>
1: yeah, no. All right. So we've, we've kind of done our due diligence here with uh, the debuts and all out. Um, but let's move forward. Let's let's kind of, you know, crystal ball in front of you. Um, who else makes the jump? And I may I may have left some names off. You may be thinking of other people too, but I put down a couple names that obviously you and I have talked about already.
0: Yeah. So look at look at it, your list. You know, you've got Owens, you've got Zane, you've got Bray Wyatt, you've got Pete Dunn, and the the Owens one is the one that's been telegraphed the most, and and it was telegraphed by him. Yep. Um, you know, I, I had seen an article about this post. I didn't see the post itself. Um, I saw a screenshot in the article where he put the, the coordinates to Mount Rushmore, which, as you've noted here, um, was a faction in Ring of Honor where he, Adam Cole, and, Young, or and the Young Bucks were, were part of it, and they called themselves Mount Rushmore. Um, so that's the obvious telegraph. Now, what, what a lot of people don't know is during all this budget cut stuff that WWE has been doing, A lot of people had their contracts restructured and a lot of people had their contracts shortened when they restructured them. Right. Kevin Owens is one of them. And good God, can I think of, I can think of very few people who I would like to see unleashed on AEW more than Kevin Steen.
1: Yes. No, 100%. And, you know, I was, you know, I, I knew of his work, Prior to the NXT stuff, but I, you know, it, watching Ring of Honor or those sorts of things is it, always been a weird thing because it's it was on an odd channel or you had to watch a YouTube clip or something. It was never something that could just pop down like oh nine o'clock Monday nights here you go you know. Um, right. But when he hit NXT and I'll never forget, you know, his debut, um, it was I was it was instantly hooked. And automatically became one of my favorites, and even with you know, him again not being used correctly, but still being a upper tier player to a point, um, you know, uh, he's 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 I think he's just biding his time right now. Yeah, you know, you know that's it with him now. I believe his runs out what early twenty two. I want to say January. Yeah. Um, I believe um, Sami Zayn runs out in oct- next month, maybe. Uh, that I'm not sure about, but I think it's earlier. It is literally...
0: earlier based. I mean, if we go just based on when they debuted in NXT, which obviously you can't go on that, but yeah, we did that, I know Sami was in NXT before. Yeah,
1: yeah right. Um, but again, who knows with contracts and all that. I believe he's earlier. I could be wrong. However, I, I know I noted here that surely he would have to show up too, and he would either follow or he might even be there beforehand. Um, you know, those two. I think I'm not a betting person, but yeah, I, I would say that those two are almost locks at this point. Within you know by you know in in 22 at some point.
0: Right. I would say so too. I mean, in it. it you know, looking at it, there's just let's go let's go through the roster. You know, I mean, we can go through the WWE roster and look at people who are being underutilized or or just you know just not used right, just not not used to their potential. And so Owens and Zayn stick out at the top, like like we said. Um, you know, there's so many people. It's terrible. It's it's absolutely terrible. Bray Wyatt was released. Bray Wyatt, there's been talk of whether or not his character fits, whether The Fiend fits in the more realism-grounded uh, AEW roster.
1: I don't think he has to utilize that character. I think he goes more back to the Wyatt family stuff. Right. Um, that's all he needs to be. I mean, I'm not saying that that was a realistic character, but at least that was a person.
0: <laughs> you know, and, and And here's where, and maybe maybe AEW is telegraphing that right now because think about it. Well, I mean, I, I don't know how much you've watched recently. Um, you know, obviously you didn't watch, watch dynamite tonight, but the dark order who was Brody Lee's faction is starting to fracture a little bit and they could really use a leader and whose 90 day non-compete is starting to run up.
1: Yep. Next right. month. What? Yep. Next month.
0: So, that could be a good addition there. Um, Pete Dunn,
1: another one. He he could go. Um, I don't – you know, it's weird. I know that he – the only reason why I I noted him was that his contract was similar to Cole's, where basically it was like, oh, oops. But I think the – he was – and I haven't seen anything saying otherwise, but he was offered an extension. I don't know that he signed. But the thing that thinks that, I, that I think that he'll, he would stay was because he actually actually is a backstage producer for NXT UK. And, well, he's from England. So <laughs> right. um, that's a pretty sweet gig uh, in, and of, uh, in and of itself um, because really NXT UK has got a lot to offer for him especially. So um, that's still kind of one of those, you know, it, it's almost surprising that it's a WWE product. Right. Like, you know, they, it's like the, one of the, the last vestige at this point. <laughs> right. Right. Um, so I, I think that's the reason why I believe he stays, but I would not be shocked, you know, cause he's another one that dude, my opinion, top three wrestler right now. That's just how I view him. Uh, I, I, he's, he's, he's amazing. Um, and I would love to see him in AEW. So um, but who else, who else do you think might, might be there? I mean, I can give you my, I can give you my, my dreams,
0: you know, my, like my wish list um, based on comments that have been made about NXT. I would love to see the Gargano's over there.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, I think Johnny Gargano and I think Candice LeRae, once she's, uh, if she comes back to wrestling after she's had her, her kids, she may, I mean, maybe she'll decide she doesn't want to. I think she will, um, but I think they would do fantastic, and I think that they would be better utilized. I think Keith Lee,
1: oh, let's get yes. him over there
0: because he's—they're killing him, man.
1: You know, oh, yeah, yeah. Let's he's get, ridiculous.
0: Let's get Keith Lee over. Let's get, um, you know, I'm just—I'm running through the through the roster right now on my my iPad while we do this. Let's get Samoa. I I don't think Samoa Joe will. I think Samoa Joe's staying in NXT, you know, until whenever. But let's get a guy Cesaro, mm-hmm. somebody who's just absolutely not being used right. He's you know he'll he gets what two freaking two two matches on you know in the main event and that's it. No. Cesar should be a top of the card player and it should be a constant top of the card. He shouldn't have to worry about every two years. Oh, I might get a shot at a title. Um, Tommaso Ciampa.
1: Yeah. Let's yeah, get that, him over. He was one that was top of my list. You know, I would, because to me, he's one that you could throw him in the mix right at the top of the card immediately. And uh, because he's such a good on the mic and uh, just his character is amazing right um, and you know he just he gets it.
0: I mean, before they ruined them, I would have liked to have seen heavy machinery over there. I think I I mean maybe I'm just that idiot that that really likes heavy machinery, but I thought they were a good tag team. I thought Tucker and Otis were, were good and I thought they could have been a good tag team monster tag team in WWE. But WWE didn't see it that way because they don't believe in tag team wrestling unless you're the Usos or the New Day. And don't get me wrong, I love the New Day, and I would love to actually. It'll never happen, but I'd love to see the New Day in AEW.
1: Yeah, actually, I checked that out, because I was curious. They're all under th- through like 24, so they're 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 in it for the long haul. <laughs> um,
0: but like, all right, so in, another one, and this one is it's somebody that'll never. That will never go because I feel like he's towards the end of his American wrestling career. Um, I think that he, this is his last American stop and then he'll probably go back to Japan, but Shinsuke Nakamura I would yeah. love to see him over there and get used correctly.
1: Finn Balor. I would love, love, love to see Finn Balor over there. I think he does at some point, you know, just based on obviously, you know, look, look at his past history with all those guys, you know, yeah. he, he would be one that de- almost definitely.
0: And and I really hope that that happens cuz I feel like that would be fantastic. You know, and when I say when I say uh New Day, obviously I'm talking all three of them, but especially Big E. Um and then just going a little bit further with it, looking at a looking at somebody, you know, like Asuka, How good would Asuka be in a real women's division?
1: He'd be at the top of AEW's in my I, opinion.
0: And and I'm at the opposite end of the spectrum with you. I think, I I really enjoy AEW's women's roster and what they're doing in their division. WWE, I enjoy the the wrestlers that they have, but I just hate the direction that they're taking those stuff.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I I, I agree with you there. I think my thing is I I, I got so accustomed to and a granted, you know, I really haven't religiously watched the product either in quite some time. So, um, but the um, the, uh, the women's matches on NXT were second to none, um, particularly whenever, um, you know, Bailey and Sasha were in NXT. Right. Uh, it's, to me, still some of the, my top five matches of the last 10 years. Um, no, absolutely. You know, so those, that, that's the kind of caliber talent that I think, and I think only because of maybe known by name as well that they AEW might need to just kind of catapult that to, to the next level, in my opinion.
0: No, and and I agree with you. And I, and there's there's some moves to be made. I feel like you know Dakota Kai. I feel like um, oh, why am I blanking on her name? Tegan Knox. Mm-hmm. I feel like Tegan Knox would be an outstanding addition to their to the women's roster in AEW. Uh, Shotzi. Shotzi, Blackheart, another one, dude. If if we could just, I, there's so many. That's the other problem is that WWE has all these this great talent, and you hate to you know you hate to say oh let's move this person this person this person this person. Well, then what are you doing to the people that are already there? There's right, only exactly. so much show time to go around. Yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, you know, even Dolph Ziggler, how cool would it be to see Dolph Ziggler? And he'll never go. No, I don't no. think he'll ever go. He's a WWE lifer. Um, no matter like, how much they the screw min- him. Kinda of like the Miz, you know. He's another one. Yeah, the Miz will never go, and that's fine. I like the Miz where he's at, and don't. And I don't want that to be taken as a slight on the Miz because I really do enjoy the Miz. But I feel like they've already got their Miz and MJF. They don't need another one.
1: Now here's a, here's my question, I, and I was wondering this because you know, WWE will occasionally pull this, and I just wondered, you know, where these people would fall on, just to say let's boost. You know, if we're gonna, we're we're averaging a million viewers. We want to boost it half a million. What if a appearance doesn't have to be a match? Just a five minute, ten minute segment with somebody like Stone Cold Steve Austin or The Rock, somebody that's gonna pull in all those people that haven't watched for years. What do you think? Do you think that would even be a possibility?
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I th- uh, wait. Are, so, are you saying AEW or WWE?
1: Oh, AEW. Oh no,
0: no, 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 no. Um, so here's my my thoughts on that process because because I've thought about that too. Like, how awesome would it be, especially when I think AEW was like an official sponsor for something that that The Rock was doing, or vice versa. Um, ah, dude. No, there's no way because Stone Cold has the Stone Cold podcast. Or broken skull sessions, or whatever you call it, that he does on, you know, the network or or on Peacock, associated with the network and stuff like that. Um, he's got his Legends contract. There's no there's no way that he will do that. The Rock, even as Teflon as the Rock is, and as as I, I like, I don't think the Rock could do anything that would make him um not welcome in wwe but i really feel like it would be a major push to say that he could go to aew and do a promo for them and still be welcome back in wwe with welcome arms
1: yeah yeah that i think that's what i was thinking more so him than Stone cold because i knew the podcast stuff yeah but the um Yeah, I think that's the interesting thing. And I'm not saying him necessarily, but um, just I think that would be one of those next level type things. That Um, would be
0: definitely, you know, Vince can say all he wants that that AEW is not their competition and that it's, you know, they don't have competition and this and that. But that would be a shot directly across the bow. And I don't think that Vince would, I don't think he would deal with it well. Um, I don't think he would be, obviously, he would not be very happy. And at this point, not only do I not think it's likely because of just how tied together The Rock and WWE are, um, but I know, well, I don't want to say I know. But if you've looked at the the dirt sheets, as we are want to do, um, I'm sure you've seen all the stuff about how they're going to bring the rock back for WrestleMania.
1: Right, I have with yeah with the program with Reigns. Right, um, you know, and 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 I'm just you know I'm spitballing here. Um, I just a down the road thing. The reason why I say that is because, you know, and I made a comment here, obviously people like the undertaker aren't going anywhere. Right. um, Because I read that he was under contract through 2034. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. Um, But, but, and I and I say that because this is where I I, I was going with it. Um, I found, um, and this, this gentleman's name is Brandon Thurston on Twitter, but he has been plotting all of the uh, viewership ratings for uh, Dynamite, Impact, NXT, Raw, and SmackDown all year, and obviously with the recent addition of Rampage. And it, it was really interesting to me to look at the, the kind of the slope up of, of Dynamite and to kind of see, well, if let's say they move Dynamite to Monday, we, we really reignite the Monday Night Wars. I don't think they beat them now, you know, but moving ahead and let's say we go into 2022 and we're out of our rock program on WrestleMania and there's no contract there. There's nothing, or maybe there's something with, you know, somebody else that but huge. Um, I don't know how many people fit his category, but, (laughs) but and just to bring one person in just to give that extra boost. I could see the ratings flipping as early as mid next year. I mean,
0: I think the only, and I don't even know if he would do it. The only person I could see, and, and he's obviously not that caliber, not that I don't love him and not that I don't think that he's one of the most, um, you know, one of the most, well-respected and and uh, influential wrestlers of the period. But Mick Foley, I think, might do a mm-hmm. – he might show up on a show. Obviously, he's not wrestling. Um, but I-, I could see Mick Foley maybe doing it. But I, I just can't see – you're not going to get – like we said, you're not going to get Stone Cold. You're probably not going to get The Rock. I'd say 99.9% not going to get The Rock. Um, Hogan, I think – is a poison pill at this point for any? Yeah, or?
1: I don't don't it's think not. he's showing up anywhere. Yeah,
0: I, I think only WWE is willing to use him because that's you know they're they're tied together whether they like it or not. Um, Macho Man's gone, obviously. So
1: yeah, it's very re- it's really limited. I just think it's an interesting thing to consider. Like, and I, and I only say this because you know you look at popularity and you do look at the ratings and you know obviously wwe is such a stalwart household name for you know generations now um that you know even with them putting out bad content um viewership is still doubling you know um which is it is what it is you know i'm not going to get into the networks and all that uh, but the cool thing is it's like now we actually have legitimate competition in the in the wings, you know right I'm not going to say head to head right now. I mean you see it as I see it you know looking at the graph right, but it's moving up. And, it is uh, And that's that's exactly where I think WCW was in 1995. My, uh, Nitro launches, uh, Lex Luger shows up. And we're off to the races. And I think when CM Punk shows up on Rampage was the Lex Luger showing up at Mall of America moment for them. That's the best way I can frame, frame it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, it's going to, I think the shift has started. Um, the revolution has begun and is well underway. Um, and I think that in the next in the next year, the tides are going to shift even further. And I think you're going to see, because honestly, I have zero faith in Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard to turn NXT into anything other than an utter dumpster fire. Um, There's just, there's no way in my mind that them taking over is going to be well-received. And I don't think it's going to be, something that is going to capture the imagination of the uh the viewers and i think within probably a year nxt is no longer televised it's back to maybe just being shown on peacock um I, yeah it, it just i i can't see it
1: yeah no um, you're, you're 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 not wrong i see it being more of a with them in charge uh, it's gonna be treated like a main event type show right you know just you know, oh yeah, here's these guys we don't use. I hope I'm wrong, because I've you know loved NXT since day one. Um, but you know, it's yeah, more of the same.
0: Yeah, and, and I mean, it's it all comes down to for me at least comes down to how they said they want to use it. They Said, all right, so anybody that's on the roster that's 30 and over and that's you know smaller than six feet and blah blah blah. They said you know the people that are that are that have been here for years. If they're not willing to move on, we're moving on from them. Essentially, is what was right. said. So your are Johnny Gargano's, your Tommaso Ciampa's. You know anybody that's been a stalwart of NXT. Well, this yes. is your time to to move on at this point. Yep. yep. So, and you're going to bring in inexperienced wrestlers, bigger wrestlers, and that's not you know that's not who I'm interested in seeing. So as soon as, as soon as our guys are gone, our, our, you know, our DIY guys are gone, Samoa Joe is, you know, okay. I want to see Samoa Joe wrestle, but I don't want to see Samoa Joe wrestle broom.
1: Exactly. And that might be where we're at. Right. (laughs) Uh, This this is fun. Do you got anything else to close us up with?
0: No, I mean, at, at this point, all I can say is thank you to everyone in WWE for doing what they do. Um, me bagging on the company is in no way indicative of my level of respect for you. You know, you guys are, you guys and girls are, are doing awesome things and I respect the hell out of you. Uh, I just hate your company. And I just really hope that, you know, somehow um, Vince ends up seeing, seeing the error of his, I don't want to say the error of his ways because he's been in business for, how many years and, and has, has this multi-billion dollar company. Um, but, you know, I just hope that things turn around and Oh, one more thing that, that we didn't mention. I don't know if you saw this come across Twitter today or not, but apparently uh triple H had heart surgery last week.
1: Really? No, I did not see that.
0: Yeah. He had a, a congenital condition in his heart and he had to have it fixed at um, I think Yale medical school hospital, um so hopefully he's on the on the road to recovery there um you know hopefully that's not why he moved out of taking control of or or, or running nxt um and hopefully he recovers quickly from that because you know that's scary and and that transcends any kind of wrestling heat or anything like that so you know well wishes and and prayers and, and good luck to triple h hopefully he gets out of that okay um but yeah, man, I, it's just sad for me because I, you know, I grew up like you watching WWE and, um, you know, watched it kill other companies that I liked and loved. Um, and now I feel like we finally have more actual competition and hopefully it pushes, hopefully a high tide raises all ships. And, yeah. and that's the best I can wish for at this point.
1: Yeah, no, completely agree. I'll uh, now definitely it's been fun, man.
0: All right. Well, until next time, we have been the Noise Brigade. Keep watching. Keep listening. Send us some messages, man. We've got messages we can take from you. So interact with the show, damn it. Yes. (laughs) And on that note, we are out. Until next time, have a good one.
1: Later on.